What's up all you barflies out there? I hope you are all enjoying your Tuesdays. Lots of fun basketball games. Uh, we had the Nets defeat the Cavaliers earlier today. And right now we are actually watching the Clippers at the Timberwolves game. We're gonna show you guys a little live look and we're just gonna discuss this game and kind of break it down here. And then when this game is over, we will recap Cavs Nets. Then we'll be going into previews of Hornets Hawks tomorrow and Spurs Pelicans. But a weird day of NBA basketball so far. And like you said, the play-in, it's not playoff basketball. Kyrie Irving was 12 of 12, which they said would have been a record, a playoff record. Yep. It's not a record for the regular season. It's not a record for... It's, it's, it's just empty stats, A play-in <laughs> record now, which is kind of weird. What's up, Mike? Good to see you there. Yeah, Towns was having a very, very rough start to this game. I think he just made uh, his second field goal here of the game, which is pretty incredible. You know, a couple guys that Calvin and I really highlighted that need to make things happen in this game. One was Anthony Edwards, and my pick was D'Angelo Russell, who has been absolutely phenomenal so far in this game. 7-12 for the field, 20 points. He's carrying the load for them at this point. Uh, you know, Anthony Edwards is doing his stuff too. He's hitting a lot of threes. But D'Angelo Russell just looks like a different guy in this game. Yeah, I mean, this team has survived all season long and not just survived, but the second half of the season really gained a lot of steam and momentum behind that three-headed monster of Towns, Russell, and Edwards. And like you said, Russell and Edwards right now are definitely holding up their end of the bargain. Carl Anthony Towns is nowhere or has been nowhere to be found so mm -hmm. far in this game. Started 0 of 7. Um, you know, who knows? It's one game, so playoff jitters maybe getting him a little bit. He's also on the bench right now with five fouls, just picked up his fifth a few moments ago. That's going to be a, a very, very key um, scenario here to play out for the Timberwolves. They can't really afford, I think, to get down by too much more at this point. The Clippers are currently going on a little run here. Yeah, and Jaden McDaniels is dealing with an injury right now. It looks like he might return to this game, but I know they were icing like a knee or a lower leg area. Yeah, he banged knees with Paul George. It's one of those unfortunate things. It hurts like hell when that happens, um, but I, I think he's going to be totally fine. He's already back in the game, so the best thing when that stuff happens is actually just to keep moving. Yeah. So for him to keep playing, I think he'll be fine. And, you know, the depth at the front court for this Timberwolves team is not super deep. So if Towns does foul out, I mean, he's on the bench right now. Uh, you know, you could throw Nas Reed out there or one of these other guys, but he needs to really pick oh, it up. Man. And he, he needs just took to, another shot. <laughs> yeah, he needs to not foul out in this game because that would be huge. We saw some interesting action earlier on. Uh, we saw technicals early in the game uh, for one of the Morris brothers. And then we saw him get uh, in an entanglement, Calvin, with, uh, I don't know if I'm using that word correctly, but uh, he, he got tangled up with Patrick, Patrick Beverly, who is yep. a known instigator. Yes. They called a double technical. It looked like he was going to get ejected. And then they review it, and they're like, nope, just a technical on Pat Bev. Yeah, a tough, uh, tough decision to be made there, but certainly in a playoff game, playing game, especially a one one game scenario like this, you don't want to see anybody uh, have to cut their night short due to a, a double technical foul. So it, I'm glad that they 
yeah. took it back. And ba- uh, Beverly is playing against his old team, the Clippers, which he yes. had quite a bit of success. I know many people picked them to be, you know, the NBA title favorite just two seasons ago <laughs> uh, with all this defense. Yeah, Mike, we're going to talk about I, her in a little bit. I still here. haven't even seen the glue girl yet. So I, I'm, you don't I'm see very that much. excited to, to, yeah. to see a clip of that. You don't, you don't see that much. But uh, Patrick Beverly, after... Uh, failing to re-sign with the L.A. Clippers, he requested a trade to the Minnesota Timberwolves, and they made it happen. I guess in his words, the the offer from the Clippers was borderline disrespectful, so he was ready to move well, on. I don't know if Patrick Beverly has ever had anything happen to him in his life that it wasn't disrespectful. So. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, so Minnesota people are absolutely wild. Apparently there is a girl... They tried to glue herself to the court in this game, Calvin. It was, it was really weird. Like, <laughs> watching it live, basically, they were like, they moved the camera, everyone's moving out of the way, and they're like, oh, some lady fell on the court. Like, is she going to be okay? And they're all asking, like, oh, is there blood? Did she fall? Did she slip? All this stuff. Then they're like, no, she was protesting and maybe writing something on the court. Then the story changed to... She glued herself to the court, and they're trying to pry her off of the court because her her wrist or arm is glued to the court. I've never seen anything like that before, ever, Calvin. And there's always a new way to protest, right? First of all, how did you get in the stadium with glue? And you had to have had a decent amount of glue. <laughs> To glue yourself yeah, you to sure the floor. Did. Some pretty and, uh, industrial strength yeah, stuff, too. What, se- what do you think her name is? <laughs> I'm going with Elmira. <laughs> and second off, why are you gluing yourself to the floor? You think that they're not going to rip you off the floor? Like, that floor has got to have <laughs> some kind of wax or polish on it or something. You know, it's a little shiny. And security is not going to care if they rip the skin off your arm if right. it's glued <laughs> to the ground. No. I mean, it would probably cause a major delay for the game, but that's the other question I have is where was she glued? Like, it was right under the basket. Court? It was like right where it says Minnesota. Okay. Yeah, it was really weird. Like, I don't even know how she got there. It Big must shot have been, there at the end of the quarter. It must have been some very, very fast drying glue because it all happened very, very fast. What's up, Ivan? Good to see you here. Hope you're Glenn having Taylor fun. is roasting animals. Wow. Oh, yeah, the Timberwolves. Yeah, yeah, all his players. <laughs> <laughs> End of the third quarter, Clippers going in to the fourth with the lead, 84-78. Barry, you want to make a prediction here on this game? Who's coming out on top? Well, I've been pretty surprised by the Clippers so far in this game. You know, I, I thought that, you know, we talked about them being one of the best 3 and D teams in the league as far as, like, personnel-wise, but they got to put it all together. I'm a little worried for Minnesota here. You know, I I think Minnesota is a more talented team overall if you don't include Kawhi Leonard and all that stuff. But Towns has got to do something in this game. Like, he is the anchor of this team. The team goes as far as he takes them. And now that he's got five fouls and they got a quarter left, it's not looking good at all. No, I'm actually going to predict that Towns fouls out here in this fourth quarter. I I don't – Paul George is starting to get hot now. He started off the game pretty slow shooting-wise. He ended that third quarter pretty hot. He's already got 26 points. Um, I think that the 
Timberwolves can't really afford to leave Towns on the bench for too much longer, especially if the Clippers come out and knock down a couple of buckets early Mm -hmm. in the quarter. So they're going to have to bring him back in. I think he's going to foul out, and I think that ultimately seals the deal for Minnesota. Yeah, unless unless Anthony Edwards can go absolutely insane here and make a ton of threes, which he he is capable of doing that. He is capable, but I also feel like maybe Paul George might take that assignment, or yeah, you know somebody's going to try and shut him down. Robert Covington, they got a few people that they can throw on him. Yeah, Hartenstein doesn't Isaiah Hartenstein doesn't he look like David Allison? I I've never thought that. I'm gonna have to take a closer look. I was watching the game. I'm like, dude, that looks like David. Maybe I'm gonna have to get a better look at him. He's got the same hair. He's got the beard, like little chin strap. (laughs) He looks just like David Allison. I know Mike. I know you. I know you agree with me. But yeah, shout out. What's up, Priest? We are having a lot of fun. Hope you are too. Were you able to watch? Hi, mom. Hi, dad. The earlier game today, because uh, it was wild. It was really wild. We'll talk about it a little bit uh, later here, but just real quick, Cleveland went down like early in this game. They were down 20 to 40 in the first quarter. Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant did not miss a single shot in the first quarter. Kyrie Irving ended up like 12 of 12 at one point in this game. He did miss some shots late, but Cleveland was able to come back. And uh, Darius Garland is an absolute stud. Yeah, man. He almost single-handedly kept the Cavs in this game. Cleveland, the future is bright for them. If they're able to keep that young core together, they've got a real good thing going there. Yeah. And it was great to see Karis LeVert back on the court in a meaningful game. Um, You know, he looked – I think he's still kind of shaking off some rust. He really just hasn't played that much in the past couple of years. But he's another guy that could be a really, really uh, important piece for them moving forward. Yeah, I agree. So back to this Clippers-Timberwolves game. I just got a question for you, Kyle, before we start the fourth quarter here. what? Uh, so we both are predicting Minnesota to lose this game, right? That yeah. doesn't mean they're going to be eliminated. I, I would have picked them to lose before the game started. As okay. Well. Uh, I'm just going to throw that out. It doesn't mean that they are eliminated from playoff contention because they still have to play the winner of Spurs-Pelicans. Do you think they're capable, or I mean, of course they're capable, but, but do you think they will win that second game, and which team do they match up against better, the Spurs or the Pelicans? I think they match up better against the Spurs. The, the Spurs just don't have a lot uh, inside. I mean, Jakob Pertl has had a pretty good year overall, uh, maybe one of the best years of his career, actually, but I, I will take Carl Anthony Towns to have a ba- bounce-back game against him, you know, most nights. And then defensively, the, the Spurs – they are they're a good team or i guess they're uh they're not even really supposed to be here in my opinion yeah. you know the the 10th seed was the lakers to lose and they lost it they gave it up to san antonio dejounte murray is a, a phenomenal player who's had a really really fine season um, but outside of him I, I just don't see them having enough firepower to keep up with minnesota who is now and has been for a while the number one scoring team in the nba yeah, they're not looking like that tonight. They're definitely not looking like the number one scoring team tonight. But, uh, yeah, just looking at, at the box score here, Zubat's got four fouls. Reggie Jackson's got four as well. And then as far as Minnesota goes, the only guy that's really in foul trouble is, is Towns, and that's probably the worst guy to have in foul trouble. You know, for me, 
I, I hunt out guys that are in foul trouble, right? Like if I'm playing against you and you got five fouls, I'm, I don't care if I make a bucket or not. I'm going right at you every single time. Yeah. I'm trying to get you out of the game because uh, I feel like Towns is, is Minnesota's Achilles and you go right for the Achilles. If he's out, they're out. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how the rest of the fourth quarter plays out because the Clippers are really a, such a perimeter-dominant team. Uh, I mean, all they play usually four uh, guard-slash-wing players to go along with Zubats in the middle. They really like to spread the floor and shoot a lot of threes. So when Towns does get back into this game, it'll be interesting to see if they try to go inside at all, get some shots at the rim, try to get a contested uh, layup going and hopefully get towns out of the game for good yeah oh it looks like they're going inside here they oh that's nothing. a foul wow that was a very <laughs> hard foul mcdaniels mcdaniels is tired of getting hit himself right yeah. he's like yeah, i gotta he's, hit he's somebody gotta dish finally out some of the pain for once and once yeah that was a tough tough call there big foul Who's who's a surprise you most for this game for the Clippers so far? Because I mean, you know they got Paul George, you know they got Kawhi Leonard, but he's not playing in this game. You know what you're gonna get out of those two guys, but who for you is really just kind of stepped up in this game? Yeah, I was gonna say I don't know how much of a surprise it is for me, but Norman Powell. This is a guy who the exact reason they brought him in to this team was to add bench depth give them another good-sized wing who can play D. He's not the greatest defender, but he can really stretch the floor and, and has had by far and away the best shooting season of his career. He's 3-for-5 from 3 tonight, 5-of-9 from the field, 16 points off the bench. Um, it's exactly what the Clippers need out of him. So he, he's got to be the X factor, I would say, at this point for me. Priest wants to know who you're picking for tomorrow, Hawks or Hornets? I'm still going with the Hawks. Uh, this game, to me, is a pretty big toss-up, um, you know, especially if John Collins' status is up in the air. The Hawks can lose to anybody. Mm -hmm. The Hornets can lose to anybody. Uh, they both run up and down and score a ton of points. So it's going to be, I think, an entertaining game to watch. Uh, I'm going to pick the Hawks just because uh, I'll lean on their playoff experience from last year that they were able to gain, even though they're a young team. You know, they're going up against a team in Charlotte who I, I'm not sure if any of their players on their roster have any playoff experience. I'd have to double Maybe check. Maybe Gordon Hayward, but he's, he's out, out too, right? Though. He's yeah. not going to play. Interesting. Yeah, and, and uh, depending on who wins that game, either either team, I think the Cavs are going to beat them. I do. I like Cleveland's chances, they especially really if Jared Allen is able to come back yeah. for that game. Yeah, they really impressed me, and uh, they said Jared Allen's potentially coming back on Friday. So We know he's going to do everything in his power to play, right? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, Evan Mobley just continues to impress me, man. That guy is yeah. insanely good. He is yeah, really good. He is a very, very fine player. Um, and Darius Garland, you know, you already touched on it a little bit, but that guy – this was his breakout season for sure, and, and I think that he probably is still not getting as much credit as he deserves for the type of player that he's turned himself into. Yep. You know, especially a couple of years ago, we were thinking, or a lot of people were saying, does Cleveland, who do they hold on to? Do they trade Garland? Do they trade Sexton? Um, Colin Sexton was playing like an MVP mm -hmm. for the first quarter of the season a couple of years ago. Now it seems 
as though Sexton is going to be the one on the way out and Garland is the guy that they keep. Yeah, unfortunately, Sexton is still dealing with that injury. He's out for the entire season. They've had a ton of injuries on this Cleveland team, but I got to give it up to their management. They have done a great job filling it in. They brought in Rubio. He gets hurt. Then they bring in Rondo. Perfect replacement. Yeah, bring in Karis LeVert. Like, they have just killed it. Uh, They brought in Markkanen uh, as a free agent. You know, this team has done a really good job of constructing this roster. And they and do. And all these guys are on pretty reasonable contracts right yeah. now, too. Yeah. So. Other than Kevin Love. Well, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, you got to give the money to somebody, yeah. right? You really yeah. do. And Kevin Love played. I thought he played pretty good today. Twenty-nine minutes, five eleven from the field, fourteen points, thirteen rebounds. He missed that shot there at the end, which I think they needed to stay in it. But uh, you got to have a veteran leader, and uh, he's got a ring, and he's leading these guys, just like Rondo. But yeah, back to Rondo. He was a huge pickup for this team. Definitely. I am still a huge Rondo fan. I think this guy is one of the most underrated players in the league. Like, he just keeps doing it. I know he's he's been back and forth between a bunch of different teams, but he's just – he's such a good player, and he's so smart. He teaches guys wherever he goes. And we saw at the end of that game where there was that lane violation – Kevin Durant misses the free throw. Referees give him another shot at it. And Rondo is angry. He is literally screaming at the referee, telling him his point of view, fighting for his players, fighting for his team. And, you know, that's all you could really ask for for a veteran point guard. And the best part about it is this team is not so reliant on him that he can get kicked out of a game. He can do all these things and not have it greatly impact them. Yeah, definitely. You know, all teams need that veteran presence you know it's one of the things that were that is a big question mark with a team like the memphis grizzlies right who are the second youngest team in the nba yep they don't have any major veteran player who has legit playoff experience or like in rondo's case multiple championship nba championship series experience um that, that's a huge thing in the playoffs for young guys to be able to lean on like that. And two rings for him now, right? Two rings. Yeah, one in Boston, one in L.A. One in LA. I think, is, is he the only guy that's done that? To win? Win a ring with Boston and L.A.? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, I'll get back to you on that one. I have I'm to pretty think sure, about that. I'm pretty sure he's the only one. Not, uh, not many players like to play for both that's of those true. teams. true. You don't see it very often. We saw Shaq play for the Celtics late in his career, but... Uh, not winning a ship with them. Did not. Did not at all. All right. Looks like Towns is back in the game here. He's got it. They really need to pick it up. I mean, they're still in the game. It's not over. Minnesota oh, can win there's, this game. There's lots of time left. They just need a couple shots to fall. They need some calls to go their way. And they need Towns to stay on the floor. I, I don't expect him to leave through the rest of the game unless he is ejected. Or Falso. Why couldn't Rondo help us when he was here? I loved Rondo on the Kings, <laughs> he man. He did help Sacramento. What a, he, very, was, he set the single-season yeah, assist record yeah, for he, Sacramento he when he was there. He set a bunch right? of different records. And just I remember there was like one moment where I think the Kings were – the opposing team was shooting a free throw, and he's there at the baseline. And, like, it, it was – I think the Kings were up one or down one, and it was a really important free throw for the other team. 
and Rondo's like yelling to the teammate across and like switching back and forth with them to try and interrupt the guy's free throw and the referees are trying like, hey man, you can't move. You gotta stay at your spot. He just does those little things that it's yeah. like, it, it's like he's so cerebral in the things that he does, tries to get in people's head. He's, Patrick Beverly is a perfect like comparison as Rondo. I think that Rondo, Overall, is a better player. Patrick Beverly's oh, maybe a little better. bit better of a shooter <laughs> than Rondo. But uh, I loved Rondo in Sacramento. And in Boston, before the big three left, or when they all left and it was just Rondo there, he was balling, dude. He was, like, yeah. scoring 40 points people, a game yeah, against LeBron. People forget LeBron about and, what prime Rondo looked wow. like. It was a lot, of, a lot of fun to watch. Very, very skilled player and incredibly smart player, like you said. And then he went to Dallas, and uh, Rick Carlisle was like, nope. You can't be your own guy here. You need yeah. to you need to be part of the part of the team, <laughs> which is funny, right? Like you can't be a maverick. You got to yeah. be one of yeah, the yeah. Mavericks. <laughs> and so he uh, got asked to not return to the team, and then he comes to Sacramento. I wish we could have kept him. I like that team a lot. Rondo, Boogie Cousins, and Rudy Gay definitely underperformed. All right, Calvin. So it looks like it's a seven-point game right now. It's going to be crunch time here. Oh. That's a big shot. But He was making all those earlier. Yeah, he's been hitting those all season long. You know, Anthony Edwards is a guy, um, he's got all the talent in the world, and he has all the confidence, even more confidence than he has talent. <laughs> he's got a little bit of a growth spurt this year, and he's just been a absolute wrecking ball offensively. Yeah. You have any more news about Kawhi Leonard when he might potentially return? I, I do not. the The injury report for the Clippers right now just says he's going to be reevaluated basically day to day. So it's that's good news. Oh, oh there he there goes. There you go. Seven minutes left. It's going to be awfully tough now for Minnesota. So if you are Minnesota and your best player just fouled out, you don't have many bigs. What are you doing to try and win this game? What are you changing in your game? Well, plan? I'm not. I'm not steering away from what I've what's gotten me here all year long. Yes, you don't have Towns, but this is still a team that loves to get up and down, run, shoot the three, and attack the rim. They've got plenty of guys on the court that can still do that. It, what it's going to come down for them uh, is how many stops can they get. They're going to have to secure rebounds, but this team can score. They, they don't. I mean, Carl Anthony Towns is a huge part of that, but you've still got two guys on the floor here who can put up 30 on any given night and both of them might hit 30 tonight yeah i think if minnesota is going to win this game they need at least two more people to glue themselves to the floor <laughs> and that's probably paul george and, paul george uh, would help if he, yeah how do you even clean that up off the floor like it's a good question i don't know with a scraper or you use some kind of like yeah. uh acid or or citric <laughs> acid or something to try and get it off uh, I don't know. Maybe they just turn the uh, the floor heater on. You know, they've got ice underneath there. So. Yeah. Nobody's slipping under the basket. We know that. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. But, yeah, I mean, Nas Reed is a guy that's been, you know, pretty solid as a backup for them all year long. Wow, he, he's not a, a scorer by any means, but he'll be there to protect the rim and rebound. Malik Beasley is another guy that can really stroke it from outside, as we just saw. So this this Timberwolves team is not done by any means. 
all the stars are out. We see A-Rod here. We saw, uh, was it Jay-Z at the Nets game earlier? Oh, yeah. Also, I do want to mention the shooting that happened at the subway station in Brooklyn earlier today is really sad. Fortunately, no one died. There was only injuries, which is great, um, but it's just an unfortunate accident. It just seems to keep happening. Yeah, it's just really, really a bummer that we have to keep talking about these stories over and over and over again. Yeah, very, very sad. So hearts out to everyone that did get injured in that. Hopefully you guys all make a full recovery and uh, can move on with your lives. And, you know, the politicians in the area and, and the citizens can stand up and try and figure out ways to prevent this from happening in the future. Uh, you know, they're lucky that it didn't have the same outcome as what happened in Sacramento just like a week and a half ago. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, just just a really unfortunate situation. All right, so we I wanna... got what a three-point game here. There's just under seven minutes left. Um, Minnesota, if they lose this game and they lose it close, you know, within four points or something like that, I, I can already see they're going to look back and say free throws were one of the biggest mm -hmm. problems for them. I mean, again, the three-headed monster—they're doing their job, right? Edwards is two of two, Towns is five of six, and Russell is six of eight. But the team is 18 of 29 at the free throw line for 62%. Three more free throws, and this game's tied right now. Yeah, they're also letting the Clippers shoot an absurd percentage from three-point range, which we saw yeah, against Sacramento is, just a few days ago. This is what both of these teams do. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's crazy how many threes these teams are shooting now in the NBA. And, like, this is just like the Kings game. The Clippers are shooting better from three-point range than they are from yep. the field. Uh, three and D guys. Is that the future of the NBA, Calvin? A bunch of 11. Forget the future. I think it's the current state of the NBA. A bunch of six, 11 guys that can switch on yeah, defense and shoot threes. You've got a lot of those already. Yeah. And, and I mean, that's just not only is everyone so much better at shooting from outside these days. And I mean, everyone, anybody that plays in the NBA right now is capable of hitting a three. You might not want them to shoot from outside, but they're all capable um, but it's to add to that, it's when you stack the court with so many guys that can stretch the floor and shoot at a high, mm -hmm. high level. It makes covering that much ground and defending so, so difficult. Yeah, it really does. Rebounds are, are pretty even in this game so far. Minnesota's leading by five. Uh, you know, assists are pretty even. Clippers are leading with 14 turnovers to only 10 for Minnesota. That's probably the reason why Minnesota is still in this game. And it's been a pretty tight game. You know, the Clippers have had a 10-point lead at one point in this game. Minnesota had a five-point lead. It's only three now. Like we said, even though we both picked the Clippers to win this game, it doesn't mean it is over. Oh, definitely not. This game is far from over. Ivan, what would you want for Rashawn Holmes? I'd be curious because I think there's a lot of teams that could use a good backup center or a starting center like Rashawn Holmes. It's just a matter of what Sacramento wants back. So I want to hear. I want to hear what you, what would interest you. Man, they got to move more. No, there's no movement now. This shot's going up. That's for sure. There you go. 
That's what happens when you're one of the greatest players in the world. Yeah, he's such an incredible player, man. He really is. And I got to give a shout-out to Reggie Jackson, too. I mean, this is a guy who I was never really sold on as a player when he was in Detroit or at Oklahoma City. Mm -hmm. But since he's come to the Clippers, man, especially in in the playoffs, he's taken his game to another level. He's really become a, a very efficient scorer for somebody that takes that many outside shots. Uh, he is, without Kawhi Leonard, he's probably their second best player out there, I, I would say. Yeah, yeah, I, I'd agree. I, I was not a big fan of Reggie Jackson just because I thought he had the perfect situation for himself in, in Oklahoma City. Then he said he wasn't happy there. He demanded a trade. He went to the Pistons. And I remember his very first game starting for the Pistons. He literally was on the sidelines puking because he was so nervous. Yeah. Which is crazy for someone that's like, I want to leave my team because I need to start and I need to do this. <laughs> and then the moment was too Be big for him. Be careful what you ask for, I guess. The moment was too big for him at the time. Hopefully this moment's not too big for him. But, but yeah, and what you were saying, he's made big strides, uh, gigantic strides. He's come up huge time and time again for them in the clutch as well. Um, you know, especially when George, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard have been out with injuries. Uh, he's really, really stepped up for them big time is this team better with reggie jackson or pat bev um i i would say they're fairly similar if it's we're talking just those two guys i I think it probably doesn't move the needle too far in either direction for me Uh, reggie jackson is a far more superior offensive player Oh, yeah. Than Patrick Beverly. But Beverly is probably a, a better defender. So, you know, to me, it's not that big of a difference. Yeah, I think, I think Beverly's got him on defense. That's a big shot. And, uh, and leadership skills. Wow. Minnesota up two. You, you want to change your prediction, Calvin? No, I'm, I'll stick with the Clippers. But I, I got to give you credit here. You said it yesterday. D'Angelo Russell was the X factor for... Minnesota, and and that's definitely proving to be true right now. 27 points, four rebounds, five assists, two steals. Uh, He's 9 of 16 from the floor. I already mentioned the free throws. He's had himself a very, very good game and only one turnover. Yeah. Yeah, if if the Timberwolves end up winning this game with Towns only scoring 11 points and having a horrible game, 3 of 11 from the field, fouling out like – with what was it? Nine minutes left. Yeah, only logged quarter? twenty-four minutes in this. No, game. sorry, seven and a half minutes yeah. left. It gives this Minnesota team a ton of confidence. Oh, absolutely, it really does. I mean, let's be real though. This team ha- already has a ton of confidence. The way that they finished the season, um, I-, I don't think they're lacking for confidence at this point. Well, so if they win this game. And that'll put them in the seventh seed, and they'll be matched up with Minnesota. Memphis. Or, sorry, Memphis in the first round. They are Minnesota. They are Minnesota. <laughs> Minnesota versus Minnesota. <laughs> they would be playing Memphis in the first round. What do you think about that matchup? That's whoever ends up being the seventh seed and playing Memphis, That that's, uh, that's a tough series to call for me. I, I've been a huge, huge Memphis fan all year long. I love their team. I love the way they play. John Morant's one of my favorite players. I I love Desmond Bain as well. 
They're really well-rounded. They're young. They're hungry. Um, they're leading the NBA, or they finished the season leading the NBA in a ton of categories, rebounds, blocks, all sorts of things like that. So Minnesota is the e- – or, sorry, Memphis is the easy pick for me. But, again, you, you know, you never know how these teams, these young, young teams are going to react to their first playoff, first taste of the playoffs. They're, they're lucky to be at home. Um, so they have that going for them. They'll have the home crowd advantage behind them. But if they get matched up against a team like the Clippers that has a ton of postseason experience, Kawhi Leonard's able to come back, that's a, you know, obviously you have to wait and see what Kawhi looks like, but that could be a real problem for them. Yeah, I agree. What's up, Key Kings? Good to see you. We are just uh, live watching this Clippers-Timberwolves game. It's pretty exciting. And then we're going to break down Cavs nets from earlier so make sure you stay tuned for that and then we're going to give some previews on Wednesday's games and we will be live again tomorrow same time so hopefully you can join us then oh wow that was a bad gamble that was a really bad I'm not sure what that was this guy Anthony Edwards just looks like a totally different player this year uh, versus last year I don't know if whatever he's doing right now helps in uh, most improved player <laughs> voting because I don't know what season we're in right now. Like, it's not yeah. the playoffs. It's not it's, the regular this is season. the NBA purgatory. We're, like, right in now. a weird bubble area right now. But uh, he definitely deserves consideration in that most improved oh, player. Oh, absolutely he does. He for certain does. I, he's not going to win it, but... I think a lot of guys, you know, only one person can win it, right? But I think just being in that conversation has got to give you some internal, like, my work is paying off, right? Yeah. Like, all this hard work I'm doing, people are starting to recognize it. I Maybe I didn't need to win the award, but the fact that people are putting me in that category means that they've seen the work that I've put in and the improvement that I've done. And all these guys put in a ton of work, but... uh some put in more than others and some people are just naturally gifted and, and when you have that combination very very naturally gifted. Yep. i mean that's the one thing when he was drafted you know nobody questioned his ability his talent mm-hmm. he was definitely the most talented player uh just skill set wise coming out in that draft class and that's why he was the number one pick the the difference between him or the question mark people had with him was his mental uh drive his commitment to being great all that stuff if you're gonna risk the number one pick on somebody you don't want to hear all these side stories about yep. how like ah you know maybe i'll play football or yep. um you know i'm i'm just doing me all this stuff i'm not really that that motivated especially if you're a team like minnesota or yeah. sacramento or just one of these small market teams that's lost a lot and uh, what's that going to do to a guy's psyche that's already kind of maybe borderline or you already yeah. have questions about? So shout out to Anthony Edwards. He is uh, he's definitely put in the work. Oh, yeah. I, this guy is going to be a perennial all-star, I think. The, the only finishing piece for him is going to be can he become a really, really solid defensive stopper. He has the ability. You saw it in college also, but – Again, it was just a question of him wanting to be that guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's taken the step, a couple steps in the right direction here. 
this season in Minnesota, and, and Timberwolves fans definitely hope he continues to improve on that. So let's fast forward here. I'm just going to call it here. They lose in the first round of the playoffs, probably to the Phoenix Suns, potentially to the Memphis Grizzlies. Going into the offseason, what does Anthony Edwards need to do to improve his game? I know you mentioned defense, but that's not really something you can fix in one offseason. You'd like to think so, right? It's, it's kind of something that you work on and you gradually get better. But is there one thing that he should add to his game this offseason to help him out next year? Well, yeah, it's definitely defense for me. But I would also like to see him. You know, he's so gifted physically, and we I mentioned the growth spurt, so he's even adding on to that big frame right now. He's still so young. The guy hasn't even turned 21 years old yet. It's pretty incredible to think yeah. about. But for me, I would like to see him develop more of a, you know, kind of take a page out of Kobe and Michael and even LeBron's books. All those guys – they're incredibly, um, you know, physically overpowering. Maybe not Kobe so much, but Jordan and, and LeBron definitely are. And they found a way to use that size advantage um, to, to their advantage, right? And mm-hmm. I'm not talking about just driving to the basket and, you know, full, full speed, uh, head of steam, going 100 miles an hour at the rim. You Learning to play with your back to the basket, posting up, working on footwork, uh, the turnaround fadeaways, all of that stuff. Edwards has that stuff in his game, but I think he could take it to another level this offseason, and it really starts with footwork first and foremost. Okay, okay. If you're uh, listening, at work on your footwork this offseason, right? Or, or feet work, as Shaq calls it. <laughs> yes. If you're the Minnesota Timberwolves, what are you looking for as far as how to build onto this team and come back stronger next season? Well, that's a good question. I, I don't know exactly what their salary cap uh, number looks like right now, how much money they've got committed already for next season, um, and even who's on expiring contracts. But they, they're they're in a unique situation. I think they're in a good situation where a lot of their players are either already paid or they're young, like Anthony Edwards. They still have him on a rookie contract. And then they've got a bunch of other young guys around them Jaden McDaniels being one of them I think they need to look at uh you know how they can improve their depth on the front line obviously McDaniels is a a nice young player that they are bringing along and they're really excited about he's taking another leap this year but outside of Towns and himself McDaniels I don't see many other major front court players on this team so I, I would look to try to add some depth there yeah, you need to prepare for situations like this where Carl Anthony Towns fouls out yep. and you need something inside. Luckily, Anthony Edwards, just like I predicted, is stepping up. <laughs> never huge. afraid of the big moment. Huge never, in this never game. Never afraid. So looking here at Minnesota's salary cap for next season, they have a bunch of expiring contracts. Torian Prince is coming off the books. That's $15 million there. I can't believe he's making $15 million. Yeah, you have Josh Okogie at $4 million. Jake Lehman. That's right, I forgot about him. Another $4 million. They're sitting about $120 million next season, which I think is about $10 million under the proposed salary cap. Uh, but, you know, re-signing guys, bringing back in other guys – you know, they're going to be pretty close. They're going to be pretty close to that salary cap. Clippers need a rebound here bad. Uh, yeah, there you go. So I'm asking you the same question for Towns. You know, if you're him, you're 
really sitting on the bench here and you're you're happy because your team's winning but you're disappointed that you're not out there right because you feel like you're the best player on this team there's russell again you're the best player on this team you know they follow you and uh you're sitting on the bench here so what should have towns done differently in this game and what can he work on in the offseason as well i don't really know what to say about what he could do differently you know uh, unfortunately sometimes you pick up early fouls a couple of them are ticky tack calls you can argue whether they're they were justifiable or not um but you know that happens and especially in a, a big game like this playoff or play in whatever um you know occasionally you come out with the mindset of i'm gonna run through a brick wall and and mm-hmm. make put my you know, fingerprints all over this game. And because of that energy and that excitement and that, um, you know, the, the atmosphere around the game that leads you to, to play a little recklessly or, or a little too fast. And you pick up a couple fouls early. Uh, so I, am not really going to say that he could have done anything differently that would have, uh, kept him in the game in terms of not fouling out. I think he just needs to kind of settle down relax come out and play his own game Uh, this is this guy has been absolutely on fire all season long he calls himself the the greatest shooting big man of all time um and he's starting to back that up so he he just needs to come out and play his game i think he'll be fine clippers such a good three-point shooting team right that's exactly what they need to be doing right here Got about a minute left in the game. They are down three. It's not over yet, guys. It is not over yet. Early on in this game, they were shooting, or at halftime, they were shooting like 45% from, 48% from three-point range. Now they're down to 45. But uh, they got a ton of guys that can shoot the three. And I have to say, Paul George is probably getting a shot here. I'm definitely looking to get Paul the basketball right now. He's feeling it. Five of ten from three. He's got thirty-one points. Um, he's the guy right now for Give this team. Give Paul the this, ball. This is one of the reasons why they brought him to this team. For glue, moments exactly like this. Glue him to the floor. But that being said, Paul George has been a very willing passer here late in the year, and they've got a ton of other guys on this team that can hit a three. So if he gets doubled and they leave somebody wide open, expect him to swing the ball really quickly. Hmm. I don't think that was the right move by Reggie Jackson. All right, here we go. Crunch time, 50 seconds left. So uh, I'm okay with that decision. You know, there's still a minute left. You're only down three. Um, the lane was wide open. You, you know, a quick two there extends the game, but you you got to oh, cut wow. off the initial drive there. Like, Wow, they called a foul on that? Dude, that's an offensive foul. Look at his. Uh, no, nah, I'm know. not giving him an offensive foul. I don't know. That might be a no call for me. Zubats look oh, like he was straight up. That's definitely a foul. He was straight up, man. That's definitely a foul. Verticality on that one. He was straight up, but anytime you bring the arms down like this, it's game over. When you get hit you, in the nuts, even your if, arms even come if you down. Don't, even if you don't make contact, that's exactly what the referees are looking for. All right. Ant's trying to close it out here, Cal. Man, that's those are big time numbers right there from those two guys. 
how do you feel that, you know, I, I know that I said that he was the key to this game, but how did you feel D'Angelo Russell was going to play in this game? Like, what, what, if I were to ask you before this game, what do you think his stat line was going to be? Uh, I probably wouldn't have gone as high as 29 points, but I definitely would have, you know, been right around the, the rebound and the assist numbers. Um, y- you know, he's, he's a really fine player. And being able to kind of be that, he's not necessarily the third option because he's got the ball in his hands so much. Uh, but he, I, I think, tends to he, – he tends to defer to these other two guys on the team when, they're, when they've got it going especially. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think early on in this game he realized that he had to kind of pick up the, the slack a little bit scoring-wise. So it, he's, he's a really good player. Like, I'm really impressed he's by He's capable this. of putting up these numbers on any night. Yeah, I'm really impressed with this Minnesota team – just the fact that these two young guys in D'Angelo Russell and Anthony Edwards are able to step up and do this with Towns only playing 24 minutes with him fouling out, yeah. with him only having 11 points and five rebounds in this game. This gives me a lot of confidence in them moving forward, especially because they're going to be playing Memphis and not Phoenix. Right. And if I'm the Clippers, I'm really, really hoping that Kawhi Leonard's close to coming back. And uh, that Phoenix-LA matchup could be pretty interesting if Paul George is – I mean, sorry, if if Kawhi is available. Don't sleep on New Orleans. If they win against San Antonio tomorrow like I think they will, they they could definitely beat this Clippers team. Yeah. Yeah, if if I'm – if I'm them, I'm definitely licking my chops watching this game, saying, good thing we're not playing against Minnesota because they are playing really well right now, yeah. and the Clippers are not looking like the Clippers in this game. And that's the thing about these one game, right, is like, so they had to lose two games to get eliminated, and I'm talking about the Clippers here, but they lose this game, they're basically one game in their route, and anybody can win one game. Yep. Unless you're the Sacramento Kings. <laughs> but, I mean, sometimes they can win a game too. But, yeah, you're right. The Pelicans have a good shot here. Ooh, tough question, Key Kings. I'm going to go with Anthony Edwards, though. I, I love Jalen Green, his his talent, his ability. Um, he's a walking bucket, and the guy has – they both have insane verticals. Yeah. Can get to the rim and finish so easily. But over the longevity of their careers, I'm going to take Anthony Edwards as the better player. I'm going to say ask me in five years because these neither of these guys are anywhere near their prime. And, uh, you know, things happen. We saw what happened to Brandon Roy. That guy was That's looking yeah, absolutely incredible. You're you never you know, want to wish an injury on or, you know, expect an injury from anybody. Yeah. So that's, Look at Tyreek Evans. He yeah. started out his career insanely hot. So it's really hard to tell when you're talking about primes because all these guys are so young, man. You, you might even be six or seven years away from their prime at this point with the way that <laughs> technology true. and medicine is going. <laughs> like, uh, I don't think LeBron hit his prime till he was like almost 30 years old. LeBron's still in his prime. What are you talking about? I know, but starting, <laughs> starting the prime, right? It's like crazy. And he is not still in his prime, Kelly. <laughs> Highest scoring average since the 2005-2006 season. As much as I love LeBron, he's not in his prime anymore. Oh. Patrick Beverly comes up with the big defensive play, probably seals the deal there against right. his former team. Paul George for three. 
Bam, dude. Oh, he wasn't even yet. looking at the basket. <laughs> he wasn't even looking at the basket. Sometimes you don't have to. That's when crazy. When you're Paul George. It's it's a opponent's arena. There was no mark on the floor there. Bam. Got it. Here we go. So back to the glue girl, Calvin. <laughs> you think that's going to be on uh, ESPN all night? Top plays, maybe? I I don't see how it could be on top plays. Or Shacked in a Fool. Shacked in a Fool, for sure. Not top plays on Friday. Look for it then. If you're an animal activist, what kind of glue do you use? That's not Elmer's, question. right? Because that's not Elmer's. Yeah, isn't I, that not gorilla glue either? Yeah, right. It's kind of weird. Isn't glue made from like horses' hooves? I think I have no idea. Right? Because you I take mean, them I to think the it's glue, made from animal products. The glue but. factory. So it's kind of weird that an animal activist yeah. would be buying glue to glue themselves to the floor, right? With animal products. Well. Maybe she'll defend herself later. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, that's a that's a crazy way to get a sponsorship. <laughs> She's going to be all over the commercials, right? I could see her on the, uh, what is that, Flex Seal. Oh, yeah, there you go. Flex Seal. I saw this boat in half. I glued myself to the court of a Timberwolves game. All right, 12 and a half seconds left, Calvin. This is huge. We got a jump ball. No, this is an inbound oh, play. sorry, inbound. Oh, no foul. Oh, I thought he was Why aren't they back. Oh, you you have to take that foul earlier. There's not enough time left. You just gave yeah. away three and a half seconds there. I, yeah. I don't understand that at all. Why is Greg Monroe not playing? I can't even remember the last time I saw that guy on a court. Uh, yeah, it's been a while. But he's there. It doesn't say he's injured. I think they added him for... Just to fill out their playoff roster. A glue girl started the momentum for the T-Wolves in the second quarter. Apparently she did. A new mascot. Yeah, seriously. They're going to have to have her glue herself to the floor of every home game. <laughs> we are 1-0 and oh when people glue themselves it'll to the floor here. It will be the halftime show. It was right where it said Minnesota. I, I didn't actually see her. I just saw a bunch of people there. They said they were going to come back with more details, and, and they lied to us again, Calvin. <laughs> I want more details. What's her name? What's her Instagram handle? I got to see what this girl looks like. I, I'm sure somebody will have that information if you try hard enough. Oh, man. Oh, got to get the rebound. There you go. It's, it's over. Game. Wow. Congratulations, Minnesota. He's doing the D-Wade, huh? Yep. All right, guys, settle down. All right, looks like we're settle wrong, Calvin. Down. We got to chug this beer, I guess, huh? It's only a play-in game. It's not even a series win. You ready for another one? Vinny, you want a beer? No, thank you. Vinny had too much fun the other night. He's not allowed <laughs> to drink anymore. What was this score? Uh, the final 104. All right, awesome. We can start the show now. Thank you to everyone that's been tuning in and listening to us just ramble about this game while we're watching it. Uh, we're still experimenting with the best time to do this show. We're going to try and do it a little bit earlier. 
uh, about one o'clock our time, four p.m. Get my work schedule fixed, and then we'll be ready to go. Yeah, four p.m. Pacific time is kind of what we're aiming at. We're gonna try that on Thursday. We're gonna do a Royal Rebounds podcast early, and then we're gonna kind of go right into this. But uh, while we're still messing around with this time frame, some of these live streams will be during games. And that's okay. We'll just throw it up here on the big screen for you guys to watch. And uh, we'll be discussing everything and having fun. But, uh, Calvin, it's time to start the show. Let's do it. All right. So, first, on the schedule today, let's talk about the Nets beating the Cavs. They officially defeat the Cavs 115-108 in Brooklyn. It was an exciting game. Uh I was driving back from the other side, so the first quarter I was watching on my phone. For those of you it, that don't know, that means the other side of the island. That's what we refer oh, to yes, here yes. in Maui. Sorry, I was on the other side of the world. And uh, I'm glad I didn't watch the first quarter because it wasn't much of a first quarter, at least from Cleveland's perspective. They were absolutely getting annihilated 20-40 to 40 in the first quarter of this game. And then Cleveland's able to turn it around. You know, they didn't end up winning this game. They lost by seven. But they were able to make this game a pretty close game considering they were down by 22 at one point. They never led this game. They just kept chipping away at the lead. You know, this is one of, if not the youngest team in the NBA. So the fact that they're able to take Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Durant not missing a single shot in the first quarter and Kyrie Irving not missing a shot for like the first half of the game and make this a close one, props to them. Yeah, you definitely give Cleveland credit uh, for battling through this game. You know, a young team in a new playoff style uh, atmosphere like this could have easily folded midway through the second quarter and this game could have been a 30-point blowout, but they didn't. They kept chipping away at it, and this is going to be the the thing to watch with the Brooklyn Nets moving forward. They're so talented offensively. They've got two of the greatest, uh, you know, the 10 greatest players in the world on their team, but they don't stop people. So in the playoffs, especially now that they're into the real thing, Boston is a team that can really score. They've got two phenomenal scorers in Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Brooklyn's going to have to put up a ton of points or figure it out defensively very quickly um, if they're going to continue to move on in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, I definitely think that Cleveland is going to win their next game. They've really impressed me a lot. We're hearing that Jared Allen potentially could be available for Friday's game. So that is absolutely huge for them. Uh, but it all depends on who's able to pull it out in that in that second game tomorrow uh, between or sorry the first game tomorrow between the Hornets and the Hawks. I think that Cleveland can match up against either of those teams, but uh, the Hawks worry me a little bit more just because their ability to shoot from outside. Trey Young is just incredible. Yeah, Trey Young uh, Darius Garland matchup would be pretty fun to watch. Yeah, and you know, the thing I'm worried about is is Darius Garland is is impressed me so much. He's such an incredible player. But the Cavaliers are going to need a huge game out of him to win that game. And if he's chasing Trey Young around the whole time, that might be a little bit harder for him. That's true. It could I, I think that he's uh he's good enough at this point, especially offensively. Trey Young is not a defender by any means. So Darius Garland, I think, will have his his normal – he'll get his normal looks. Um, he'll be able to get to his spots. 
you know, they, they've got a good system there with the big men. That Inside is really, I think, where that game is going to be won, right? If it is, in fact, Atlanta playing Cleveland. But, yep. you know, Cleveland's got that those tall towers inside, Mobley and Jared Allen and even Markinen, who mm-hmm. doesn't play inside that much. But they start all of those guys. They're so big and so long. And uh, inside for the Hawks, you've got Clint Capella, right? So that that's and both those teams love to use pick and roll. They love to get stuff going towards the rim for lobs. Um, so it, it'll be a good matchup inside to watch. No matter who they're facing, Cleveland will have home court advantage. If you're Dan Gilbert, are you hiring a glue girl for this game? <laughs> I might think about it now. Yeah, that's going to be the new thing. The glue girl. Yeah. That is crazy, dude. It still just blows my mind here. So back to the the Cavs Nets game, or maybe a puke guy. Maybe they uh, bring bring in puke guy. I don't think they want their coach fired. <laughs> but uh, back to the the Cavs Nets game. Very interesting game. But I'm just gonna go over the box score here real quick. Laurie Markkinen started this game. 13 points, four rebounds. Isaac Okoro only played 13 minutes in this game, zero points, 19 for Mobley, seven rebounds, two assists, two blocks, an incredible game for Mobley, almost fouled out with five fouls. Darius Garland, huge game, 13 to 24 from the field, 34 points, five assists, two steals, six turnovers, needs to cut down on that a little bit, but... Hey, what can you really ask for? This dude was absolutely yeah, balling I mean, in this game. He was being asked to do everything. So, Karis LeVert, 12 points for him. 4 of 12 from the field. I'd like to see him shoot a little bit better. We know he can shoot better. Karis LeVert is an absolute baller and a great shooter. Oh, yeah. So I think he will Has improve. Has a 50-plus point game under his belt in the yeah. NBA. So. But 7 rebounds, 7 assists for him. Only 2 turnovers on the night. And then Kevin Love came in huge off the bench for him. It's just amazing to think that this guy is actually coming off the bench for this team. Mm -hmm. Uh, Perennial All-Star, has won a title, 14 points, 13 rebounds. I'd like to see him do a little bit more work inside, only 5 of 11. uh, But he... He really has some post moves. He can do some stuff inside, especially, you know, give these bigger guys a break and throw Kevin Love in there. He's playing against bench guys. You know, I think he can have a huge game if he's playing Atlanta. But we'll talk about that afterwards. And then uh, Chetty Osman, only two points for him, or Seti, however you want to pronounce it. I was surprised this guy is still on this team because I remember him in the LeBron days, which at this point is five years ago, which is incredibly wild. Still on this uh, team, 21 minutes t- for him tonight, four rebounds and assists, two points, played some good defense, was very active on the court. And then, as we mentioned, Rajon Rondo, seven points, nine assists for him, doing his thing, leading the team on the court. Unfortunately, they lost this game, but great effort for them. And then as far as the Nets go, Kevin Durant, 25 points, Five rebounds, 11 assists, two steals, three blocks. He had a very impressive block he was on, everywhere. on Darius Garland he was everywhere. in this game. He was perfect in the first quarter of this game. Shot 9 of 16 to end the game. Uh, Andre Drummond, 16 points, eight rebounds. Bruce Brown was absolutely huge for the Nets in this game. 18 He's been points, huge for them all season. Nine rebounds, eight assists, flirting with a triple-double, three steals. He had a rebound late to seal it, hit a couple big shots in this game, uh, just was everywhere on the court as well. Kyrie Irving, I think, was the hero of this game. 12 of 15 on the night, was 12 of 12 at one point, setting a play-in record. 
34 points, three rebounds, 12 assists, a steal. Amazing game for Kyrie Irving. Played 42 minutes, same as Kevin Durant. Put the team on his back. I think he proved to everybody that, you know, he is serious about basketball. You know, everyone's talked about the vaccination status and how available he is to his team and all that. He is showing them that basketball is still number one in his life and important. And dude is absolute stud. I was impressed, or I was uh, pretty surprised to see Seth Curry with an offer on this game. Yeah, and only four shot attempts. Yeah, I mean that's very very unusual. But when you're up twenty two. And yep. Kyrie Irving is perfect. Kevin yep. Durant, perfect in the first quarter. But I would like to see them get him involved a little bit more. Two rebounds, zero assists, a steal, a turnover, no points, 34 minutes. Uh, you got to get more from Seth Curry. But they, they still they win the They will game. need him yep. in, if they're going to advance. Absolutely. And then pretty much the only thing they had going for themselves was Nick Claxton off the bench, 13 points. And nine rebounds, an assist, and five blocks. Huge numbers. Yep. Coming off the bench. The Nets actually, as a team, uh, were fifth in the NBA in blocks per game this season. So they definitely defend the rim. Which is crazy for a team that's like not known for defending very well, but they can, yeah, they can protect the rim. And when you got a guy like Drummond on your team yep. who's yep. known for blocking shots, uh, you know, Kyrie Irving is, is not known for being a great defender, but Kevin Durant's almost seven feet tall, and he's always inside. And you know he'll yeah. go up for a block. He doesn't oh, yeah. care. He doesn't care at all. As far as shooting from the field on the night, 44% for Cleveland as opposed to 53.3% for the Nets. Both teams shot in the mid-30s uh, as far as three-point range. I was surprised to see Brooklyn at 66% from the free throw line. We saw Kevin Durant miss a free throw late in this game. It would have given Cleveland an opportunity, but there was a lane violation. Rondo was very upset about that. Kevin Durant does not miss many free throws. He's above 90%. He's smiling. He's laughing. He gets another shot, and of course it goes in, mm -hmm. and the game is over. But an impressive effort for Cleveland, a game that they never led, but they were able to come back and fight through it. They led in points in the paint. And, uh, you know, they, they gave it their all. They really did. Like I said before, the future is bright for this team. I mean, it's crazy to think about, but this was Cleveland's first winning season in almost a quarter century without LeBron James on the roster. Yeah. They, they have a lot to work with right now. And, and, again, if they can keep this young core together, they're going to be good. They're going to be a good team. Yeah, and I don't think this team even has a number one overall pick on it, which is wild, right? Because of all Cleveland always gets the of all pick. the number one overall <laughs> picks. Like you just go down the list, like LeBron James, uh, Kyrie Irving, uh, who's that one dude that they Anthony Bennett, of Anthony course. Anthony Bennett. Then you had Andrew Wiggins. Andrew like Wiggins, this yep. team just continues to get the number one overall pick. No number one overall picks on this team, and they make the playoffs. Nope. So, or they're trying to make the playoffs. Trying. I, I got a little ahead of myself because I would have made the playoffs I think any winning. other year. I think they're winning on <laughs> if Friday. The playing so. tournament didn't exist. Yeah, it's pretty incredible to think that there's a team in the East that's 44 and 38 and fighting right for the last playoff Scratching position. And clawing. 
when in the West you have teams that are 15 games under 500 <laughs> well, I mean, still alive? That's just the way it goes. And when you add the play-in tournament, you give an opportunity for teams with sub-500 records to sneak in there. Yeah. I want to talk a little bit more about Evan Mobley. I think he had a very impressive game. As I mentioned, 9 of 13 from the field, 19 points, 7 rebounds, 2 assists, and 2 blocks in this game. I know many people have mentioned Evan in the Rookie of the Year voting. If he is able to win Rookie of the Year, he will be the third Cleveland Cavalier to win Rookie of the Year in that franchise's history following LeBron James and Kyrie Irving. Incredible season for him. Good list to be on. He has really turned it around for Cleveland. Yeah, he has. He had a great rookie campaign. Um, unfortunately, the the end of the second half there of his rookie season was kind of derailed a little bit by injuries. He wasn't, I feel like, ever really able to regain um, the solid midseason form that he had. Um, but, uh, again, it, he's a tremendous, tremendous player. Can really, really protect the rim and cover a lot of ground. He can also defend on the perimeter for a guy that's his size. Uh, with his length, he's got a really, really nice skill set, great post moves. Um, if he can develop a really, really consistent mid-range 12 to 18-foot jump shot, this guy is going to be a premier big man in the league for a long time. Yeah, I think that that could really help his game a lot. But I do have to give him credit. He only does right now what he's good at, right? Like yeah. he He's very good at that. We see a lot of guys in the league. I'm just going to throw Buddy Heald's name out there for one that try and do too many things, right? Like they think that they can do everything. One thing I've noticed about Evan Mobley is he stays in his lane. He knows what he's good at and he sticks to those things. We don't see him shooting any threes in this game. Obviously, you know, we've seen the game evolve and, and big men shoot a lot more threes. I think that Evan has the ability to maybe gain that three-point shot years down the line as he develops but he's not he's not jacking up shots he's doing exactly what he can and he's playing within his game which is huge for a rookie because you don't see a lot of rookies that do that definitely and i think that's a credit to the coaching staff there jb bickerstaff is a really really nice fine young coach cleveland is very happy to have him there i think he's good at developing young talent um, and and getting guys to like you said stick with what they're good at and put them in situations to excel at the things that they are good at yeah if it's everyone's first time here this is basketball at the bar that's calvin i am barry i'm not calvin i said that last time <laughs> but i am barry that is calvin and uh we love basketball we love bars and we love beer so we're here just breaking down these games having fun we're going to be posting uh, a new video or actually a live Monday through Friday every single weekday even if there's not a game so Thursday we will still be live on the channel obviously once the season's over our uh, schedule will die down a little bit but please hit that like button please hit that subscribe button we would love for you all to join us on every single one of these uh, we're just getting started here this is only our second live on this channel uh, but we intend on putting out a lot of exciting uh, content. And if there's anything that you'd like to see, make sure you let us know in the chat or down below in the comments. And we appreciate you all for watching. Anything else that really stood out to you in this game, Calvin? I know it was a home game in Brooklyn. It's always tough to win home game or to uh, win an away game if you're a visiting team. Both home teams won tonight. Anything else you want to mention about this game? 
Yeah, um, I thought the Nets had a fantastic game plan. They came out right from the get-go and executed. Of course, it helps when your best players start, you know, a combined whatever it was, 15 of 15 from the floor or something like that. Um, but the the floor spacing and the decision-making, particularly from Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, were perfect. Um, Irving with 12 assists in this game, Durant with 11 assists. They had they had the absolute perfect game plan because Cleveland would try to double them right away when they caught the ball. They would immediately flash someone in the middle of the key. Usually it was Bruce Brown mm-hmm. who would get the pass right away before the double team even got there. And then the Cleveland was dead because you have the ball in the middle of the court yep. with just two defenders left. It was a lob to Drummond. It was a lob to Claxton. Um, we saw perfect timed cuts more often than not. Mm-hmm. And I really, really give a great... Uh, a, a big shout-out to Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. Everyone's going to talk about the efficiency from them in this game, the fact that they were on fire and couldn't miss, but it was their uh, willingness to make the right pass at the right time. I mean, the team had 33 assists, and all but two of them came from guys not named Kyrie Irving, Bruce Brown, and Kevin Durant. That was the difference in this game. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And every time that it seemed to get stagnant, Bruce Brown is like backdoor cutting right through and opening up everything again, which, you know, when you got guys like Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, it makes the game easier for everybody else on your team. Not if you're if you're on defense, but just like watching these guys work is just incredible. And Kyrie Irving was just hitting like contested shots. He was hitting everything. It, It was amazing. Yeah, and, and that just think about how difficult it is to guard a team like that when you've got two of the best scorers of all time who are who cannot miss, literally, but yet every time you try to commit an extra defender to them, they make the wide-open pass for a layup yep. or a dunk. It, that's almost impossible to stop. Yeah, and I also want to mention that it is Ramadan, so Kyrie Irving is not eating or drinking water during daytime. He literally does not drink water during the games. Pretty wild. That is incredible, dude. <laughs> I think I would die. <laughs> yeah, it would be very difficult. I think I would die. It's just incredible the way he's playing. Got to give a shout-out to Kyrie. You know, there's all these other things that are involved with him. People talk about his mental state and the decisions he makes. Whatever your thoughts are on those, leave them aside. The dude is an absolute baller and one of the best players in the league. He really is. And he traded out LeBron for Kevin Durant, and now he's in the playoffs and LeBron's not. Yeah, that's true. That's so weird. It's such a weird situation. And, you know, I I was just thinking today, I'm like, how weird is it for Kyrie that he's playing against his old team in Cleveland? Dude's only been on three teams, right? Mm -hmm. He's playing his old team in Cleveland in the play-in. They beat him. Next up is Boston, his old team as well. Yeah, you know he's excited about that. Couldn't have been better for him. Couldn't be better right now. He's on a revenge tour right now. The only way that would be better is if he could beat LeBron in the finals, right? Yeah, that's true. Unfortunately, he's not going to get that opportunity. He's just going to send pictures of himself in the playoffs to LeBron. Like, hey, where you at, man? (laughs) You too old to be here? We don't know. Yeah, incredible game. All right, Calvin, you ready to move on here to previews of Wednesday's games? Let's do it. All right, so we have two exciting games here on Wednesday. First off is going to be the Hornets visiting the Atlanta Hawks. 
That's the early game because it's on the East Coast. I want to hear your thoughts on this game, Calvin. I know it's going to be a high-scoring game. Definitely, definitely high-scoring game. This is a track meet. Um, it, it's it's a toss-up of a game. I mean, we've kind of already touched on it a little bit, but both of these teams have been very up and down all season long in terms of you know just total performance on the court. We know they can score a lot of points. We know they don't stop very many people. I'm interested to see how Atlanta looks the first five minutes of this game because they have had difficulty all year long when they're playing uh, a team that they are expected to beat or or should beat. Uh, They have a tendency to play down to their competition, and they have a tendency to fall asleep at the wheel on defense. Both of these teams do. But the Hornets are young. They've never been in this situation before. They're going to come at out of the gates 100 miles an hour. Um, and if Atlanta isn't ready to match that right away, this game could be over very early. Yeah, according to ESPN here, Atlanta currently has a 69% chance of winning this game. Uh, I, I got to think that some of this is because they're the home team. You know, both of these teams are tied for records, but there is a tiebreaker. Atlanta gets home court, so they are hosting this game. Charlotte's without Gordon Hayward. Atlanta's without uh, Shondi Brown Jr., Lou Williams, and John Collins is currently ruled out for this game. That's huge for them. It is. And Lou Williams is also another guy that they will miss as well. Yeah, Mr. Bucket. Back in Atlanta, right? Back in Atlanta. Hasn't really had as great of a season as we're accustomed to seeing from him. But, again, a guy that's got a lot of experience, postseason experience, is a big, big time shot maker. Mm-hmm. You know, in a close game, that's a not a win or go home situation, but it's very, very close to that. Or I guess actually, this is a win or go home situation. Yeah, this is win or go for home. them. So yeah, having a guy on your team like that, not having him available, uh, is definitely going to be a big deal. The over under on this game, Calvin, is two hundred and thirty six. Take the over. You're taking the over on this Take game. Take the over. And who are you choosing? Who are you bet on? We got money line, or I'm gonna give you the spread. Atlanta's minus five. Man, minus five is is a little big for me. I, I mean, I I see this game being either a one possession game or the team that wins wins by ten to fifteen points. Like I, I don't think there's any in between here. I'm still gonna pick Atlanta to win. I'm just gonna lean on their playoff run from last year, having that experience. Uh, I think Clint Capella inside is going to be a, a big problem for the Hornets to deal with. That pick-and-roll game with him and Trey Young is pretty lethal against good defensive teams, and Charlotte is a horrible mm-hmm. defensive team. So it, it's going to be a question of who's hitting from outside. I, I'm going to go with Trey Young and Clint Capella to lead the Hawks through to victory here. Yeah, both teams are 3-2 and two heading into this game. It's going to be an interesting game. It's going to be exciting. There's going to be a lot of scoring, a lot of shooting. I I probably have to side with you on Atlanta. I'm not picking a team yet. I think whoever shoots better in this game is winning this game. I think it's all going to come down to shooting. And uh, that generally favors the home team, but you never know. You never know. There's a reason they play the game, right? Yeah. The, uh, I forget what the final score was, but the Hawks and the Hornets had a really epic game back in, I think it was like mid-January or December or something like that. 
uh, the final was something like 138 to 130 something or, or whatever. Uh, the Hawks were up big, and then the Hornets made a big comeback to, to pull out the victory. So it, it could be it could very well be another one of those types of barn burner games. I see a game. Hawks win 113 to 91 January 23rd, and they played again in Charlotte in March, March 16th to be exact. Charlotte wins 116-106. I guess I was thinking of maybe a different game. But e- either way, that these two teams can definitely fill it up. It, it could be very, very entertaining. It looks like this last game John Collins missed as well. So he was not available for Atlanta. Charlotte pulls through 22 points, almost a triple-double for uh, LaMelo Ball. It's going to be an exciting game. I hope you guys are ready. I really do because I'm I'm excited. It is. And, you know, I don't want to rag on the play in here, but so far, you know, all the home teams have won. So (laughs) those games are basically pointless. But more basketball, as we mentioned, six extra games of basketball that we get to watch. So that's exciting. Can't argue with that. But I'm excited for Saturday. I really am. The playoffs oh, yeah. are going to be... That's when it gets real interesting. They are going to be so much fun. All right. Anything else you want to say about this game, or should we move on to San Antonio versus New Orleans? The last thing I'll say, you know, you picked D'Angelo Russell as the X factor for Minnesota tonight, and he definitely delivered in a big win. Mm-hmm. I'm calling out Miles Bridges here for the Hornets. He's okay. my X factor for this game. Guy who had a really, really fantastic season. Another guy who early on in the year it looked like he was just going to run away with most improved player. Uh, kind of fell back down to earth a little bit. If that guy is able to, sh- to hit shots from the outside, it opens up the floor for him to attack the basket. If he's able to score you know, 25 to 30 points, somewhere in that range, Charlotte's got a great chance to win. Yeah, and as you mentioned, not many players on that team have playoff experience. So I know this is not the playoffs yet, but it's a playoff-like atmosphere. 100%. Winner go it's home. a winner-go-home game. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see how these guys step up. A lot of these players, this is probably the biggest game in their NBA career so far, and uh, we'll see if they show up or not. Yeah. And you're, pred- you're predicting Atlanta, right? I'm still going to take Atlanta to win, yeah. Okay, so moving on here. We have San Antonio at New Orleans is going to be the second game tomorrow. Uh, That is the late game because it is on the West Coast, if you consider New Orleans the West Coast. (laughs) Western Conference, I'll put it there. Yeah, San Antonio is not much of a West Coast team either, but Currently, right now, New Orleans has a 69.8% chance of winning this game, according to ESPN. The spread is New Orleans minus five and a half, and the over-under is 226. I want to hear your thoughts on this game, Cal. San Antonio's in trouble. Uh, I'm just going to come out and say that right away. New Orleans has been a very different team ever since C.J. McCollum got there. Another fantastic season for him, 26 points nearly per game, uh, almost five rebounds, a little over six assists, and 1.3 steals. He's also shooting ridiculously well 50 percent from the field 40 percent from three he changes this team Um, not to mention they've still got Valanchunas inside Brandon Ingram is also 
a problem. Devontae Graham has finished the season uh, shooting much better from outside. I think New Orleans wins this game going away. Uh, ESPN currently has Brandon Ingram listed as out. However, he is quoted as saying he is playing. It, so, he's going to play. Yeah. He's going to play. It's What did they say? Last game of the season. Can't, can't hold, hold anything, anything back. back now. And then we got uh, Romeo Langford and, and Dougie McBuckets are both ruled out for San Antonio. I mean, it's crazy. You're just like looking at the records here. New Orleans is 10 games below 500. San Antonio is 14 games below yeah. 500. They're still fighting for a spot here. I, I have to agree with you. I think the but Pelicans. New Orleans, since the the All Star break, yeah. I don't know exactly what their record is, but it's much much better. They've been a f- much improved team. Yeah, I I think that the Pelicans are going to win this game as well. But the one guy I'm keeping an eye on in this game is going to be C.J. McCollum, and that's because this guy's got a ton of playoff experience, as we talked about on the last one, like the. The Blazers had the longest active streak of making the yep. playoffs. Eight straight seasons. Which is really incredible. And CJ McCollum has been a big part of that. Plus the fact that he missed like almost half the season with a collapsed lung. Yeah, really amazing. So, He's been able to come back and still play at basically the same level. Yeah. I, I look at it as a positive thing. Just like Kyrie Irving, this dude is fresh. Yeah. He hasn't played that many games. So I think C.J. McCollum is going to have a huge game. If I'm Greg Popovich, he is the guy that I need to shut down. He is the guy that I'm oh, scheming yeah. for in this game. Uh, but I, I think the Pelicans are going to run away with this. I don't even know if this is going to be a close game. Yeah, I, I'm not so sure it is. It is one game, you know, anything can happen, and it's a, a win-or-go-home situation. So, you know, nerves or jitters might take over the take a hold of some players early on and it ends up being a close game you never know but i just don't see san antonio having enough firepower to win this game Dejounte murray shout out to him he had an incredible season all-star um deservedly so it the dude is a very very fine player um and then they've got a couple other guys that are you know certainly good players in their own right lonnie walker is capable of exploding offensively any night Keldon Johnson has had a really underrated season, a guy that I didn't expect to be anywhere near as good a three-point shooter as he has been this season. He's really stepped it up for them. But at the end of the day, too much Brandon Ingram, too much McCollum. Valanciunas inside is going to be a problem. I just don't see San Antonio winning this game. Yeah. That being said, there's a reason they play the game. Yep. So DeJounte Murray could go crazy. Greg Popovich... In my opinion, probably the best coach of all time. So, you know, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised if he figures out a way to grind out this win and keep it a close game. But, like I said, if I'm and, and don't forget about uh, one of my favorite nicknames in basketball right now, Jose Grand Theft Alvarado. <laughs> Have you seen the clips of this guy? Yeah, yeah. Man, I, I don't understand how teams don't figure that out pretty quickly, but somehow <laughs> he still is able to get three or four steals by sneaking into the backcourt a game or something. That's like kind of that. how I felt about spin move Siakam. Is yeah. I'm like, you know his move. How do you let him do it every time? <laughs> but, hey, everyone's got a specialty. Yep. When you're good at something, yep. you keep it going. Yeah, I think Buddy Heald does that same move too, right? Where he just rushes in there, grabs the ball, and shoots a quick three. This guy, Alvarado, does it on almost every possession, though. It's pretty <laughs> amazing. 
And I will say that actually about the the Pelicans. Since the All Star break, I've seen them go more to this full court press uh, a lot, and I I think it's really really worked for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Two more exciting games. Anything else you want to mention on this, or should we move on to Gone Fishing? Let's break out some uh, rods and reels. Right. All right. So, as we know, the play-in tournament, as Calvin explained yesterday, you wanted to give another brief explanation of how it all works real quick? Uh, Well, we just saw both 7 and 8 seed games today. The winners of those games, that would be Brooklyn out east, and now the Minnesota Timberwolves out west have advanced into the 16-team the bracket there, the seven seeds, respectively. The losers of the games today, that would be the Clippers and the Cleveland Cavaliers, are then going to fall back into a win or final win or go home game for the play-in tournament on Friday. They'll play the winner of both 9-10 games, Atlanta, Charlotte, New Orleans, San Antonio, and the winner of that ultimate final game on Friday becomes the eighth seed in both the East and the West. Mm-hmm. So we have eight total teams here. The Nets and the Timberwolves have locked in their positions in the playoffs. They are both the seventh seed, respectively, uh, which puts the Nets versus the Celtics in the first round and the Timberwolves versus the Minnesota Grizzlies. Memphis, or sorry, Memphis, Memphis Grizzlies. Grizzlies. That's twice I've done that. <laughs> the Memphis Grizzlies, the Minnesota Timberwolves, and the Memphis Grizzlies in the first round. So, Calvin, there's six teams left here. Cavs, Clippers, Hornets, Spurs, Hawks, Pelicans. Four of those teams are going fishing by Friday. Let's hear your picks. I'm going to go with the Cleveland Cavaliers to advance and be the eighth seed in the East. And I'm going to go with the Clippers to be the eighth seed in the West. That means both the nine and ten seeds out east and out west are going to uh, do some fishing or go to Cancun or whatever they do these days. <laughs> I was going to say, you were looking at my notes, weren't you? But <laughs> I disagree, Calvin. I'm also taking the Cavaliers to make the playoffs and become the eighth seed in the east. I really like this team. Like, they have a very bright future. This is not their year. It is not. Like, it's it's clear. Only one team wins the championship. They are not the best team in the league. They are nowhere close. But they are a great team, and they are on the up and up. If Jared Allen is available to play on Friday, I see them making the playoffs. I'm going to disagree on the Clippers. I was not happy with what I saw from them today. As you mentioned, I... I picked them to win today. They disappointed me. Now, if Kawhi Leonard can somehow have a miraculous comeback. Of course, that's going to change things. And he's available to play on Friday. I see them advancing, but I don't see that happening. I don't think he's going to play. And I'm going to take the New Orleans Pelicans. Wow. Okay. I think they're making the playoffs. You heard it here first. And I think that if they advance, we could potentially see Zion Williams in this oh, season. Oh, I thought you were going to say they were going to upset the Phoenix Suns, and I was going to say, hold on a second. No, no. I'm just saying I think we could potentially see Zion play this wow. season. I know he was cleared for five-on-five five activities surprised. two oh, I, weeks ago. I, I'm not sure he's been cleared for five-on-five five yet. Okay. I look, know he's back at practice, but yeah. I, I don't look know Look it if up, because been... I, I think I saw an article saying he was cleared for five-on-five. Five. Uh it's interesting that they've made it this far without him because 
that guy is a complete question mark to me. You know, there's there's been issues with his weight, with his health. Uh, the dude can't even stay in his shoes. <laughs> so huge yeah, I, upside, great player, but the best ability is available. I, I think he's in the same situation as Ben Simmons. Uh, no matter how far their teams make it, I don't expect to see them play. Really? Postseason. I, yeah. I think Ben Simmons will yeah. definitely play this postseason. Oh, wow. I think okay. he's going to be the Draymond Green on that Nets team. I disagree. Okay. You want to put um, a wager on it? Sure, we can put a wager on it. I'm not betting on Zion, but I'll bet on I'll bet on Ben I'll Simmons. I'll bet on Ben I would, Simmons. I feel much more confident about Ben Simmons than I do Zion. Okay. Interesting. All right. Um, well, and it says here in the official, this is ESPN's uh, injury report for the Pelicans, Willie Green, coach of New Orleans, said on Wednesday that Williamson has been cleared for one-on-one -on -one work. Oh, one-on-one. Not five-on-five. -on -five. Okay. I'm bad at math. I, I missed it. <laughs> but let's make a bet on that. I can't think of anything right now, but let's come back we'll tomorrow. Co we'll come back to that. And let's make a wager tomorrow All on right. tomorrow's live stream because I think that'll be a lot of fun. I think Ben Simmons is going to play this season. And uh, – I think the Nets could be in the finals potentially if he oh, wow. if he's available. You're you're gonna pick them to beat Milwaukee. I think it's potential. Wow. We'll see what happens. Wow. We'll see what happens. All right, everyone. We uh, finished up our coverage of today's games and the preview for tomorrow, and we have a quick Q and A. So if you guys have any questions for us or any topics that you'd like us to discuss, drop it there in the chat. We'll hang out here for a few more minutes and see if you guys have any questions. And, uh, of course, if you guys have a bunch and we get uh, talking again, we're happy to stick around. But uh, we leave this time up to you guys. So let us know if you have any questions or anything you want us to talk about in the chat here. Why don't you think Ben Simmons is going to play this season? I, I just don't think it makes any sense. First of all, the, the dude hasn't played in an NBA game in it will, Since last it summer. will be close to a year. It'll yeah. be, it was last May. It, it wasn't even last summer. So by the time he's maybe even eligible, it will be a year or close to it. He's barely been on the practice court with this new team. I mean, it'd be one thing if he was coming back to Philadelphia where he at least has a lot of familiarity with a lot of those guys on this team. He's never played, well, aside from Steph Curry, and, and did he play with Andre Drummond? I don't think he actually did. Nope. So Seth Curry, I think I said Steph. But, yeah. Uh, that He has no rapport or familiarity with this team whatsoever he's coming off of a back injury a lower back injury for a big guy is always a very very big question mark I, I just think it would be I find it hard to believe that he steps on the floor on the floor in a big time postseason series his last game was June 20th of last season June 20th June 20th losing to the Atlanta Hawks wow Okay. 2021 well, playoffs because they ex they moved the season right with all the weird yeah. dates and all that stuff. So yeah, he's he's coming up on it. <laughs> it's getting close. Oh yeah, it's he's, he's ten close. months ten months in right now. He tried to give it a go, ends up with a back injury. Uh, we still don't know what's going on with the mental stuff. If yeah. that's solved I mean, or you, not, you just have to think about how little this guy has actually worked out in the past year. Yeah. I mean, I hope that he was doing a bunch of stuff on his own, you know, while he was going through his mental rehab in Philadelphia. He only works out with his phone in his pocket. But I, I don't know if he was playing five on five. I don't know if he was just working out with a trainer in the gym. Yeah. Um, 
I'm just very, very concerned about how little basketball activity he's had in the last year to throw him into a playoff series right yeah. away. The nice thing for him is the fact that he has Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. It does help, and they don't need him to score. I get that. Yeah, it's not like he's going to be need much jacking out of him up threes or anything like that. Pass the but, ball. But still, this adjusting right away to the speed of the game, it's one thing if you come in in the middle of the NBA season when guys are already in midseason form. Yep. We're talking about a playoff game now. I mean, the the stakes are that much higher. The, the intensity of the game is that much higher. It just seems like you would be doing Ben a, a disservice to stick him out into that type of environment. Yep. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us for another live here on Basketball at the Bar. Please make sure to hit that like button down below. Hit that subscribe button. We will be back tomorrow to cover Hornets Hawks, and we will watch part of the Spurs Pelicans game with you. Hopefully it's a close game. We will see. But uh, everyone have a wonderful evening. Thank you so much for watching. And uh, have a good night.